He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on an incredibly gorgeous Friday morning in the hill country of Texas. Uh, Fall is setting in. All kinds of things going on this weekend, um, including all those tourists coming in from out of town. And, oh, my goodness, it's 290 a mess up around Fredericksburg. Just, folks, just slow down. They had so many cones out when I pulled out onto 290. I didn't even know which cones to drive between, and I'm I, I'm not kidding. I need to use my uh, uh, my best uh, O Biden line there. I'm joke. I'm not joking. Not joking. I mean it. Uh, yeah, I've got to the intersection there at 290, and there's like six or eight sets of cones out there, and I did. I pulled out to the far set of cones, and then looked in my rearview mirror, and I was in the wrong set of cones. So. Just be careful out there. I don't know what the world's going on, but um, taking care of our uh, roads, I guess. So we got a lot of things going on. If I don't say it uh, by the end of the show, for crying out loud, be nice to the tourists. Just be nice. Just you know, you may find yourself a stranger in a strange land, and uh, someday. And so just go ahead and treat those uh, visitors that come in here every country, every weekend uh, with some respect and uh, give them a little bit of space. So uh, we got a. Uh, a fundraiser tomorrow. This is very important for Ginger Schultz Segner, a cancer benefit, and uh, it's going to be in Fredericksburg at the American Legion Hall. And um, I, I do not know this story personally, but I sure know a lot of Segners and uh, and uh, Ginger. If uh, she's dealing with uh, cancer, this is um, any help they can possibly get. I don't know about your insurance, but. Um, Mine went up yesterday, um, and not just not just a little, eight hundred bucks a month. My insurance went up yesterday. Well, wow. So anyway, um, if that's what's going on, um, we just know how these insurance companies are. We, we were designed to help each other, and uh, to work with each other, and help each other. Um, and uh, that's what's going on tomorrow, September 17th at 11 o'clock at American Legion Hall. There's going to be barbecue plates uh, available for dine-in or to go. Uh, they have a suggested donation of $15. When you pull up there for a barbecue plate or a couple of them, just give them a 20 for each barbecue plate. And, uh, and um, yeah, that's the way to do this. There's going to be raffles. Uh, Live music. Uh, they've got, uh, in fact, they've got some. Uh, they've got some uh, twenty-dollar raffle tickets that uh, will get you uh, possibly a chance at some rifles or a, pi- a pistol or a Louis uh, v- um, v- Vuitton. Thank you. I needed my uh, upscale uh, people in here. Um, I think there's somebody visiting from Martha's Vineyard. Uh, just told me uh, Louis Vuitton purse. Um, so all kinds of cool things and, um, y'all go by, let's help our neighbors out, help our neighbors and our friends and the families we, uh, that, um, have, uh, taken such good care of the hill country. And so there you go tomorrow, American Legion hall at 11 o'clock and, um, 
fundraiser for Ginger Segner. All right. Um, we have Monday, the Kirk County Patriots, uh, 6 o'clock, going to be uh, meeting at the Dieter Center at 6. They are going to have Roman Garcia speaking, which is, uh, this is the youngest uh, city council member elected in the state of Texas. And uh, he is, uh, he's one of us. And uh, the, the, I don't know if the other side's figured that out yet, but he is one of us. And uh, Roman is going to be speaking to the Kerr County Patriots, kind of giving you an update of what's going on with the city of Fredericksburg, or city of Kerrville, the city of Kerrville. And um, by the way, I think Roman Garcia is also the best dressed young person that lives in the Hill Country. There's no doubt about that. Um, there's nobody in their twenties that, uh, dresses sharper than Roman Garcia. So make sure you go by and, uh, compliment him on his, uh, outfit. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. So that's, uh, Kirk County Patriots at six o'clock at the Dieter Center on Monday, Tuesday. And this is going to be a fun one. In fact, um, after we get back from our uh, first break, I'm going to have Eric Mitchell on here with Turning Point USA. Uh, Turning Point USA uh, is uh, Faith. Turning Point USA Faith in Kerrville is uh, going to be presenting the movie No Time to Run, and uh, the uh, producer director of that movie is uh, going to be in town, Scott Avery. I've gotten to know him quite well recently, and uh, so looking forward to uh, someone uh, who made the movie sitting here and talking to you about it. But this movie, No Time to Run, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, this uh, showing is going to be at Faith Christian Church Tuesday, uh, the 20th at uh, 6 o'clock. And uh, if uh, you're wondering why I did not mention the Big Fredericksburg Tea Party uh, annual fundraiser tomorrow, that's because it is it is more than sold out. We are like oversold out. And uh, I had a lot of fun yesterday when a prominent uh, politician uh, who uh, attempted to he'd run for state office, and so he's well-known across the state, and he decided at the last minute he wanted to come to our uh, fundraiser and uh, found out the tickets were sold out, and so uh, uh, so he calls me and uh, sends me a text, Matt, can you get me in? And I just uh, it just felt so good to be able to, to uh, have a prominent politician call me and ask me for a favor. So... Um, We'll, uh, we'll see when he gets in office. Uh, let's see how good that got that I got him a ticket yesterday to our fundraiser. So, um, folks, uh, that's why I'm not mentioning that. We're going to have a blast. And uh, next year when tickets go on sale and we've got a lineup like we've got this year, it just gets better every year. And uh, we say that the tickets are on sale. Maybe you'll uh, go ahead and get them a little earlier than you tried this year. So let me give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin uh, before we take off. And... Um, let me see. Here we go. Here's a good one. Drink does not drown care. Drink does not drown your cares, but it just waters it and makes it grow faster. Um, so uh, y'all don't be drowned in no problems this weekend. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. the line. 
Fine with us. Uh, you're listening to the Matt Long Show on the Hill Country Patriot Radio. And uh, by the way, you can um, get our daily programs are up on hillcountrypatriot.com for about a week. Hillcountrypatriot.com for about a week, and then they rotate out. Um, but I take them every day and uh, put them up on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all kinds of podcast sites. Just search for the Matt Long Show, and you will find our programming there. Right now, I have on the phone with me Mr. Eric Mitchell. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? Man, I'm telling you what, life is good. It's so glad you uh, took some time out this morning to give us a call. Eric, um, we're going to be talking about Turning Point USA and uh, what y'all are doing in Kerrville and about your movie coming up uh, this um, this uh, next week that you're going to be showing. But I want you to tell us a little bit first about Eric. Who is Eric Mitchell? Yeah, so who is Eric Mitchell? That's a good question. Uh so I'm the area representative for Turning Point USA, specifically in the faith uh, department. We lost, we launched this faith initiative a little bit over a year ago now to help churches get more active and engaged and to help Christians really, uh, you know, stand for their values in the public square during this uh, culture war that we have going on in our country. So where where did you where 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 were you born? Where's your background? That that told us a lot about Turning Point. Where are you from? What's your story? Yeah, no, so I'm from San Antonio. I graduated from Clark High School not too long ago, but maybe a long time for me, I guess, back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I went to school out in, in Wisconsin to a small liberal arts college where they were doing kind of a lot of this left-wing and, and indoctrination uh, ideology, and I got really motivated to start actually a Turning Point USA chapter at my college at the time. Um, but unfortunately, administration wasn't too kind to us, and they didn't enjoy all the things that uh, we were doing, so there was some, some pushback. But, you know, fast-forwarding, it's, it's been years from then, you know, about four years. Um, I was doing some things out of college, worked as a sports editor in a small town in Kansas, um, and then I got involved with Turning Point USA during COVID because I was really frustrated with the, the trajectory that the country was going, uh, and especially when we launched the state initiative about a year ago, Matt, I really wanted to come down here uh, in this part of Texas and, and help others get engaged and find ways for them to, you know, to really have an impact on their community. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Turning Point, uh, Turning Point USA, and who they are and what their goal is. What do, and what do these guys, what do you guys do? Yeah, so Turning Point USA was founded in 2012 uh, by Charlie Kirk, and we have a presence on over 2,500 university and high school campuses across the country. And we used to have representatives for high school and college students, and actually this year we broke that down even further. So if you have a relative or, you know, somebody who's young who's looking to find a way to get involved, you know, they can either, either get involved in their college or in high school um, and, you know, stand for the values of free markets, limited government, and fiscal responsibility on their campus because those values aren't really mentioned or talked about or communicated to the students. Um, in, in this day and age. How is, uh, in Texas universities, how is uh, Turning Point doing? Are they, uh, they have a pretty heavy presence in, in Texas universities? Um, yeah, there's a, they have a massive presence in Texas universities. You know, we have a chapter, uh, Turning Point USA chapter at Texas Tech, at the University of Texas, at Texas A&M, 
I know Charlie Kirk is going to be coming to Austin uh, next month. I want to say October 10th. I believe he's going to be speaking at the University of Texas. I'm sure a lot of people in Austin are going to be excited about that one. Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, a friend of mine is Marilyn Norwood. I don't know if you know Marilyn down at UT. And uh, I've got her scheduled to come in a couple of times on the program and talk about Charlie's visit coming to UT. So we're looking forward to that. But tell us a little bit about this um, Turning Point USA. We keep adding to it now. Now there's what Turning Point USA Faith Kerrville. Tell us, tell us about what you're doing there, what you're how long you've been around, what your intentions are, do you meet regularly? Just kind of fill us in on what you guys are up to in Kerrville. Yeah, so the Kerr County Group got started in last, in last spring, I think about February or March, and they meet on the third Tuesday at 6 o'clock at Faith Christian Church. So it's every third Tuesday at Faith Christian Church um, at 6 p.m., and really they're on a mission to help Christians get more engaged and educated on the role that we have to play on the Republic. Uh, you know, they have these monthly meetups, like I mentioned. Also, a big initiative of ours is Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, which is a course that uh, Rick Green and the Patriot Academy constructed, and we formed a partnership with them, and we're, help- and we're helping uh, churches get engaged with that course, and we're able to provide the workbooks for them. Uh, as well. And I know there's a lot of biblical citizenship classes going around in the Hill Country area. I know there's one going on at Impact Christian Fellowship currently, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever would like to get a course started at your church or in your neighborhood or, you know, wherever, we'd love to be able to help you kind of get that going, too, as well. Man, that's amazing uh, resource that folks have out there because it's been my experience in the last 10 or 12 years that churches and pastors and church leaders are, man, they just want to keep this whole uh, government thing and politics at arm's length, and and it's just so difficult to get the message to churches and pastors that this really is a biblical Christianity. This and is and and biblical citizenship is very very important. Tell us about this um, this uh, your next this coming Tuesday meeting. And uh, actually, one your guest is uh, is a friend of mine, and I'm looking forward to seeing Scott Avery there. Uh, tell us about uh, what y'all have going Tuesday evening. Yeah, so Tuesday, Scott Avery is the executive producer of the film No Time to Run, which I know it's been talked about uh, on this show. Scott, I know you've had, uh, Matt. Sorry, I know you've had Scott come on um, a couple times, but we're going to have Scott be there on Tuesday, and he's going to talk about his kind of his why and how he got into making this film. You know, I, I really love Scott's story. You know, he's not some multi-million dollar, you know, Hollywood producer. He's just kind of a citizen, like a lot of us are in the position that we're in, and he really wanted to make a difference. And this is kind of a way he saw that he could have an impact. Um, so I really love hearing his testimony and how he got involved with his movie. So he'll be there to talk about that. And then we'll also be showing the movie there on uh, the 20th as well. And it's going to be a great time. I know we're going to have some snacks, I think some popcorn and, and some soft drinks and uh, maybe even maybe even some other things. So I think it's going to be a great time and, and make sure to come out there on uh, September 20th at 6 o'clock. So tell us about, you mentioned earlier about Turning Point being in high schools. Um, do we have any uh, Turning Point uh, chapters in the Hill Country? Have those got started or do we need to find some uh, high school kids to get those going? 
Yeah, I haven't heard too many rumblings about Chapter specifically at any high schools uh, in the Hill Country that are active right now. But if there's anybody who would like to, to start one, you just got to go to PUSA.com slash get involved. And once you fill out that form uh, on our website, you know, I know you mentioned the other representative, myself. So, you know, we've got a ton of representatives in, in different departments that are looking to help you uh, get active and, and find a way to see how they can help you maybe meet other individuals who want to get something started. You know, Matt, there's so many times where, uh, you know, before I worked in the faith department for Turning Point USA, I worked in the college and high school department in Washington, D.C., and in Maryland and Northern Virginia, kind of that part of the country. And there's always one student who's really fired up, but they kind of have another hard time maybe finding another student who would want to help uh, start something with them. So, you know, I just say to those students out there, you know, just don't be afraid to ask your fellow classmates if they want to get involved or, you know, maybe even you might have to teach them a thing or two about why they need to get involved. So it's really simple, though. Just go to tpusa.com slash get involved. So, you know, in a small, in small rural areas, you know, there is so much overlap. I know if you live in a big city and you have uh, classmates in different classes every day as you go through and are changing classes and then you go to church on Sunday and if you're in a big city, you may or may not see any of your fellow students in, in church with you. But I know in the hill country that um, the, these uh, these rings, all they all overlap. And so um, very likely that if you're going to church uh, with, uh, with, with some other people your age in high school, that obviously they're probably going to be in the same high school as you. And so a good place to start is to just take a look around at at who's going to church with you that is in your age group and uh, and go from there and so if uh, if some of the if we ran this they go to a tpusa um, tell 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 us again see I can't even remember it and you've said it twice <laughs> yeah just go to tpusa.com slash get involved dot com slash get involved I wrote it down this time and um but this is an an excellent opportunity and uh, you know of course uh, eric that what i preach on this show every day is uh, citizen engagement and the younger that we get our citizens engaged the better they're going to be it's just like anything else the earlier you start it the more you practice it the better you're going to be and uh this is uh, an outstanding opportunity and i've met eric we've got been together a few times i think he would be a tremendous resource for you and probably even if you're a teacher um and i doubt we got any teachers listening to this right now i hope they're all uh, at school teaching but um even teachers can uh, help initiate this um in fact i think most schools need a, a teacher sponsor don't they to create a new club yeah usually that's how you work you know when you start a club you need you yourself probably like three students and then you always need a teacher sponsor i know that can sometimes be um you know a difficult thing for some students depending where they are i hope you know in the hill country it'd be a little bit easier (laughs) to get a a sponsor but yeah you just have to go and ask around you know usually each history teachers are always good ones to ask you know too if you're looking for what type of specific teacher you need to go to but usually history teachers are, are pretty friendly to these types of ideas all right Eric, we're really looking forward to seeing you on uh, Tuesday evening, and uh, that's going to be at Faith Christian Church. Um, the um, uh, the doors, um, it's going to start, the meeting starts at 6, and you're going to be able to hear from Scott Avery, the uh, producer of the program, 
And uh, then uh, you'll get to know some of the more young people at the TPUSA Faith uh, Kerrville uh, chapter. Hey, is there an age limit? Am I too old to come on Tuesday, Eric? No, you're not old at all. You know, that's why kind of we really launched this faith initiative um, not to help people of all ages, you know, in the faith community uh, really just get involved. You know, we've done a lot of work on the high school and college campus where we're working a lot with younger individuals, but that's what I really like about the faith department uh, is that it's for everybody. All right, there you go. You heard it. Um, so you're not too if, old. I'm, so I'm not too old, and, uh, and we'll, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Eric, thank you again for taking time today. We appreciate it. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, there you go, folks. Eric Mitchell with uh, Turning Point USA Faith um, with a Kerrville chapter. And uh, these are about getting involved. These guys are about getting involved in self-governance, and this is exactly what we're all about. And I know Eric mentioned that um, <clears throat> that um, Charlie Kirk is going to be going to Austin sometime. I believe I have a date right in front of me. I will just go ahead and tell you what that date is. I believe it is. Oh, I don't have the date in front of me. But Marilyn is going to be on here. I've got her scheduled twice. She's going to be on a week from today, and she will tell us uh, when Charlie Kirk is going to be in Austin <clears throat> speaking. And if you haven't seen Charlie yet, man, he is a blast, absolutely uh, a blast to hear uh, Charlie Kirk speak and, uh, and, and especially even to watch him at work in a room full of high school and college-age kids. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. So... Uh, that is Tuesday night at uh, 6 o'clock, Faith Christians Church. Come see the movie and also get with Eric to see how you can get a chapter going in your high school of Turning Point USA and how you can get involved with Turning Point USA Faith in Kerrville. By the way, a little bit later on in the program, I am going to be reading from the Founders Bible, and I know a lot of you in the past have said uh, you appreciate it when I uh, read some of the uh, um, uh, passages that are accompany the Bible. The uh, Founders Bible uh, has a lot of articles in it that uh, go along with whatever the uh, the the Bible is uh, story is being told. Um, then uh, usually or quite often there are articles alongside that that kind of. Uh, take this the, the biblical concepts into the world of self-governance and into the world of, of our country and how it was founded. And so going to be reading from uh, uh, about around Ezra 8. So if you want to join along with me and get your uh, Founders Bible, I think we're going to be on page 711. Uh, folks, y'all stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. We need more cowbell. Um, folks, uh, man, I'm telling you what, if you haven't been saying it, you've been hearing it um, for months now. The, the comment is, is that, that we've all been hearing is, I, I can't believe this is happening. How did this happen so fast? How did we get here? 
man, time is flying. What's going on? Seems like insanity has taken over. How many, uh, how, how much have you been hearing this recently? Quite a bit, quite a bit. And, um, I mean, we've got end of the world predictions going on. We have, uh, cat, um, I, I, yep. Straight from ghostbusters, cats and dogs sleeping together. What's this world coming to? This is what we're hearing over and over and over. And it just seems like the chaos is increasing and getting more and more chaotic every day. And um, you just hit the headlines. It doesn't matter what news source you got. Just hit the headlines. And it just like it just looks like insanity is breaking out all over. What's the answer to that? You know, 20 years ago, I would have told you that the answer to that was um, don't pay any attention to it. Go about, just do what you're doing every day. Go to work, do a good job, come home, watch some TV, go to bed, get up and do it again in the morning and just hang on and hope you don't get cancer or COVID. And uh, that was been my attitude 20 years ago. And uh, there's so many people out there, and I even hear it today from people, from uh, uh, fellow Christians, from members of the church, people I know um, old friends, new friends, and they just say, it's just too crazy. I, I can't, do, I can't do anything. It's too nuts. I, I don't know where to start. I can't do anything. And, uh, I think I'm just gonna, uh, just, I'm going to move out into the country, get, move into the woods, find myself a little cabin out in the woods and, um, and, and retire from society, mind my own business what I did. Uh, that's what I decided to do in 1999 when I came to Fredericksburg. And I did find me a little cabin out in the woods. Now, granted, it wasn't quite a cabin. It was a trailer. Um, it did have a hole in the floor, but it was in the woods. Um, and uh, the, the rent was very inexpensive because it was a trashy trailer with a hole in the floor. But I was happy as a clam. I'm telling you, got up, had beautiful sunset, beautiful sunrises out there. I had a, had a, a decent job and, 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 uh, there just, I just could, I could have just buried myself in the woods in Fredericksburg, done nothing. And, uh, it just came to a point where I couldn't anymore. And, uh, things, uh, when I started, I don't know, waking up is, uh, the term that is so misused these days, but when I started becoming conscious, conscious of what was going on. Then it hit me that I needed to actually get involved and do something about it. And so that's where I am. So all my plans of moving into the woods, into the hill country and living a solitary life surrounded by, you know, uh, trees and deer and, 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 uh, whatever else, all of that got thrown out the window when I just started learning a little bit more, a little bit more about the founding of this country. And so I'm, I'm now engaged. I'm fully engaged. In fact, I've told many people I would not know how not to do what I'm doing. Um, I, I just, I, I wouldn't even know how to go back to living, uh, in complete ignorance and ignoring the world around me. I wouldn't even know how to do that even if I wanted to. And believe me, there are days I've wanted to do that. So what is the solution? 
where is the answer? Is the is the answer a uh, secular answer? Is it just that we need to get our party in control? Is it a spiritual answer that all we need to do is just, uh, if enough of us just pray that that's all it's going to take and the world is going to turn around? And um, I don't know. Maybe there is some truth to this that second part going to be reading to you out of uh, uh, uh it's the accompanying article uh for ezra 8 ezra chapter 8 and it is uh, called calling the nation to prayer and fasting and uh this was very likely written by david barton um i know that the uh, articles in the founder's bible um are written by i think they have three different authors and you can kind of look up and see which one is which, and let's see, David, uh, yes, this is a David Barton uh, wrote this when it's called Calling the Nation to Prayer and Fasting. In Ezra 7, the Babylonian king Artaxerxes commissioned the priest Ezra to gather the Jewish captives and return them to their ancient homeland and rebuild the holy temple in Jerusalem, which had lain in ruins for decades, and also to set up a separate civil government. In chapter 8, Ezra assembled the people, but before they set out on their dangerous trek, and here's where we go, chapter 8, verses 21, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for us, our little ones, and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request from the king troops and horsemen to protect us from the enemy on the way because we had said to the king, the hand of our God is favorably disposed to all those who seek him, but his power and his anger are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and sought our God concerning this matter, and he listened to our entreaty. Now back to uh, David Barton. He called for a time of fasting and prayer so that the group could beseech the Lord's intervention and assistance. And as Ezra attested, God answered their prayers. They journeyed safely to Jerusalem and successfully restored both the temple and civil government in their homeland. The practice of calling the nation to a time of corporate prayer and fasting is repeated frequently throughout the scriptures. For example, when the Ammonites came against uh, Israel, King Jehoshaphat turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. Esther also called the people to a time of prayer and fasting before she went to intervene with the king to save the Jews from the death decree issued by the wicked Haman. And when Jonah preached to the people of Nineveh that God intended to bring judgment on them, the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them, and their destruction was thus averted. The biblical model was repeated hundreds of times in early America. In fact, on eight separate occasions during the American Revolution, the Continental Congress called the nation to a time of humiliation, fasting, and prayer, and founding fathers who became state governors likewise called their own states to times of prayer and fasting, including signers of the Declaration, Matthew Thornton, Samuel Adams, John Hancock, Samuel Huntington, 
Caesar Rodney, signers of the Constitution, John Dixonson, John Langdon, John Tyler, Taylor Gilman, William Livingston, and others. This pattern repeated so often before, during, and after the American Revolution was also continued under the Constitution by U.S. presidents. During George Washington's presidency, France and Great Britain were at war with each other, so Great, Britain's block, Great Britain blockaded American ships coming to Europe for fear the materials they carried might be used by the French. This greatly strained relationships with Great Britain and America, and in 1794, John Jay negotiated a treaty with the British, and, and it was known as the Jay Treaty, to ease the growing tensions. But when the Jay Treaty was ratified in 1796, the French, still at war with Great Britain, responded by seizing 300 American ships bound for English ports to prevent any American supplies from reaching the British. So we've got the British blocking their American ships going to France because they're afraid the French should get arms. And then we've got the French blockading the uh, Americans from going to Great Britain. So it sounded like there for a short period of time, we were pretty much blockaded out of the uh, eastern uh, half of the Atlantic. So anyway, back to uh, David Barton. John Adams became president in 1797, and in an attempt to prevent war with France, he dispatched three diplomats to negotiate with French officials. But before the Americans were permitted to meet with those officials, the French agents demanded as preconditions, number one, a formal apology from President Adams, number two, a $10 million low-interest loan to the French government, and number three, a $250,000 personal bribe to the French foreign minister, Charles Talleyrand. Of course, the Americans refused. The French continued to seize American ships and threatened an invasion of the United States. Congress, therefore, authorized a military buildup and began pre preparations for war. Adams' political opponents believed he was exaggerating the situation and demanded proof of his claims. He therefore released an official report, including the official diplomatic correspondence, but with the actual names of the French agents withheld. They were identified only as W, X, Y, and Z. All right, sounds like uh, retracted uh, documents have uh, been around for a long time. Um, I think we're going to take a short break here, get our last little commercial break in, and then when I come back, I'm going to continue on this story of uh, us trying to stay out of war with the uh, French in 1797. Y'all stay tuned. Got a little Uncle Ted bringing us in, looking back at the door. Nah, no shadow of Uncle Ted out there today. I don't know. I got some friends working on it. We'll see what happens. So where are we? We're on uh, page uh, 711, 712, 713 of the Founder's Bible, and I've been reading an article by um, David Barton that is titled Calling the Nation to Prayer and Fasting. And so before we left on the break, 
This story was uh, in the late 1790s, so very uh, uh, right before the turn of the century. The British and the French are uh, at war, fighting each other. We're kind of caught in the middle. The British don't want our ships to get to France. France doesn't want our ships to get to Britain. And uh, the French actually started seizing American ships. And they even threatened at one point to uh, invade the United States. And so Congress authorized a a military buildup and began preparing for war. And uh, Adams' political opponents believed he was exaggerating the situation and demanded proof of his claims. I don't know, maybe Adams should have just sent a handful of French people to Martha's Vineyard. That might have taken care of it. So he, uh, therefore, Adams, the president, uh, uh, releases an official report and, of course, it had all the um, names of the French agents withheld, and uh, he just referred to them as X, Y, and Z. So on seeing the documents, Americans were outraged. A formal declaration of war against France was narrowly averted, but an unofficial naval war did occur, and now called the Quasi-War, which lasted from 1797 until 1800. France eventually relented and signed a treaty with America in 1800, but in 1798, when war with France looked inevitable, President Adams called the nation to a time of prayer and fasting. So here are the words of uh, President Adams. Seasons of difficulty and of danger are a loud call to repentance and reformation. Let's just read that again. Seasons of difficulty and of danger. Man, is that what we're going through today? Is that what we're calling uh, uh, cats and dogs sleeping together? Seasons of difficulty and danger are a loud call to repentance and reformation. And as the United States of America are at present placed in a hazardous and afflictive situation by the unfriendly disposition, conduct, and demands of a foreign power, Proved or evinced by repeated refusals to receive our messengers of reconciliation and peace, by attacks on our commerce and the infliction of injuries on many of our fellow citizens while engaged in their lawful businesses on the seas, I have therefore thought it fit to recommend a day of solemn humiliation, fasting, and prayer. More than a decade later, and nearly three decades after the American Revolution, many promises made by the British at the end of the Revolution still had not been kept. In fact, British encroachments on American ships and property were increasing. The result was the War of 1812, sometimes called the Second American Revolution. President James Madison regularly called the nation to prayer and fasting throughout the war, explaining on one of these occasions... And these are the words of uh, President Madison. I do therefore recommend a day of prayer and fasting for the devout purposes of acknowledging the transgressions which might justly provoke the manifestations of his divine displeasures, of seeking his merciful forgiveness and his assistance in the great duties of repentance and amendment, and especially of offering fervent supplications that in the present season of calamity and war, that he, that God, would take the American people under his, God's, peculiar care and protection, that God would guide their public councils, animate their patriotism, and bestow his blessings on their arms, and finally, that turning the hearts of our enemies 
from the violence and injustice which sway their counsels against us. He would hasten a restoration of the blessings of peace. Notice that um, Madison in his statement is saying, pray for your enemies. Hmm. In late 1860, so now we're jumping forward another 40 years or so, it appeared that a national conflict was soon to begin. So President James Buchanan called the nation to a time of prayer and fasting, reminding the country, this is Madison, I mean, sorry, this is Buchanan, in this, the hour of our calamity and peril, to whom shall we resort for relief but to the God of our fathers? His omnipotent, omnipotent arm only can save us from the awful effects of our own crimes and follies, our own ingratitude and guilt towards our Heavenly Father. Let us then with deep contrition and penitent sorrow unite in humbling ourselves before the Most High in confessing our individual and national sins. Let our fervent prayers ascend to his throne that he would not desert us in this hour of extreme peril, but remember us as he did our fathers in the darkest day of the revolution and preserve our constitution and our union, the work of their hands for ages yet to come. Let me invoke every individual in whatever sphere, whatever sphere of like he may be placed to feel a personal responsibility to God and his country for keeping this day holy. So that is right before the Civil War, 1860. James Buchanan is saying, we need to stop and pray. And here we go a few years forward, and President Lincoln, while in the midst of a bloody civil war, called the nation to a day of humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And here are the words of Abraham Lincoln. It is the duty of nations, as well as of men, to own their dependence upon the overruling of power of God, to confess their sins in transgressions, in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truths announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. And insomuch as we know that by his divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world, may we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war which desolates the land may be but a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the end, needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. And we have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves 
before the offended power to confess our national sins and to pray for clemency and forgiveness, all this being done in sincerity and truth. Let us then rest humbly in the hope authorized by the divine teachings that the united cry of the nation will be heard on high and answered with blessings, no less than the pardon of our national sins and restoration of our now divided and suffering country to its former happy condition of unity and peace. Man, there's a lot of power in there from uh, Abraham Lincoln. Boy, about the middle of that, just uh, woo! Times of corporate humiliation and prayer were called in times of national danger and also in times of national tragedy. For example, in 1841, when President Henry Harrison, William Henry Harrison died, President John Taylor, Tyler called the country to a time of special prayer, explaining, quote, when a Christian people feel themselves to be overtaken, overtaken by great public calamity, it becomes to them, it becomes them to humble themselves under the dispensations of divine providence to recognize his righteous government over the children of men, to acknowledge his goodness in time past as well as their own unworthiness and to supplicate his merciful protection for the future. President Andrew Johnson called a similar day of humiliation, mourning and prayer following the death of Abraham Lincoln as did President Chester A. Author on the death of President James A. Garfield. America has a long history of following the biblical precedent of observing times of corporate prayer and fasting, but this is a spiritual discipline that every Christian would do well to personally develop. After all, Jesus noted that some of the situations in our lives change only through prayer and fasting, and it allows us to spend more time in concentrated prayer in our relationship with the Lord. You know, I just have to go back to um, Lincoln. Um, this is, we have been recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. Man, look at this country. Have we not? He said that in, good Lord, in 18, he said that 160, 70 years ago still true today. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. Folks, we are right back where we were when President Lincoln gave this speak. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched us and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined that uh, all these blessings were somehow produced by our own virtue and our own wisdom, that somehow we did all this. Folks, we couldn't have done this without the help of God. And, and uh, when we as a country wander away and walk away from that and, and fail to acknowledge it, then uh, whatever happens, that's on us. That is on us. Folks, uh, y'all have a good weekend. Be nice to the tourists. Stay tuned for Lorraine. We have um, just uh, those of you I'm going to see tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going to be shaved and cleaned and dressed up, and I even got a new tie. I'm telling you, you know, we were looking at last year's picture, and my wife said, you can't wear that tie again this year. So there you go. I had to get a new tie. 
So we'll show it off tomorrow night. We'll see y'all on Monday if we don't see you tomorrow. <laughs>